0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. I'm Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I get to share the the message with you today. And I think Braden is out. No, well, he's not hunting anymore because I already got a picture of the deer that he killed, and it was a beast. So he's really happy this morning. So um, I told the the first service, I said. Uh, don't clap and don't, don't be excited that he, that he killed that deer. Don't tell him how excited you are because then he won't come back. And then someone started clapping in the back. <laughs> he won't come back if I clap? No, i And I was like, I'm going to let him know about that. Um, but I'm really excited to share this message with you today. I actually already shared this message with our young adults at the beginning of this month. And um, I just believe it had such an impact and it was so relevant that um, it was something that I needed to bring to you, especially with where Braden has been, talking to us about fear, talking to us about getting over our fear, uh, the, the anxiety, the worries that, that we have in our life. And so today, I want to talk to you around the subject of peace, subject of peace. If you would like to live in peace, raise your hand this morning. Anybody? Okay. Everybody in here. Yeah. If, if you spend a lot of time with family and you need some peace right now, raise your hand. Like Cody said, don't raise your hand if they're here, but you can raise your hand in your heart and I'll see it, yeah, on the inside. We all wanna, we all, I believe we all wanna live in peace. In fact, it's, it's something that we want so much that we even put it on our graves, right? Someone passes away on the grave, you see, RIP, rest in peace. But can I tell you that, that I believe God doesn't just want you to rest in peace when you're dead, but he wants you to rest in peace while you're still alive. That as you live in this life, that Jesus died for more, that Jesus got on the cross for more. And one of the things he provided for you when he died on that cross was the opportunity for you to live every single day in any situation or circumstance in peace. This is something that's available to you. This is something that Jesus has served up to you on a silver platter, said, here is my peace. You can have it whenever and wherever you want it. You know, peace is something that really, um, just this revelation, this truth I want to teach today, it's very special to me because I actually experienced this at a, at a young age. And, and at the time, I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't have words for it. I didn't have the knowledge about it. Now I do. But I, I literally experienced the peace of God manifesting in my life. You know, I, I grew up um, a perfectionist at a very young age uh, I just, I was a perfectionist. I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted everything to go the right way all the time. I hated when I messed up. Um, I, I hated when I, you know, if, if I didn't get good grades in school, like I actually cared about the grades that I, that I made. And some of you can't relate, but there's people out there that, you know, actually care, my one, there we go, that care about the, the grades that they make. And I remember being in like kindergarten, first grade, and some of y'all probably remember this. Remember when you were practicing your letters and they gave you that shirt, that, that piece of paper, and it had a bold line at the top, a bold line at the bottom, and then there were little dashes in the middle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we all, we all remember that, right? And so, like, if I was practicing my letter H, like, it was a problem. Like, I had to be perfect. It had to go from that bold line to this bold line, and then I had to make the hump, and if the hump was too skinny, I had to erase it, and it just, it all had to be perfect. If there was anything that went over or wasn't perfect, I erased and I erased. You should have seen my papers. I I redid them so much, there were holes all over the paper. That's how much I erased it and, and and redid it, and I was just a perfectionist. Because of that, I experienced a lot of anxiety and worry at a young age. Why? Because I was worried about being perfect. I was worried about that test. I was worried about that grade. I was worried about that sport that I was going to play. Am I going to do a good job? Am I, am I going to be able to do it without messing up? And I just, I, I worried a lot until I came in contact with the scripture that I want to share with you today. And this scripture that I found in the word of God, literally, it changed my life. My youth pastor, he, he, told, he, he shared this scripture with me and at the time, this was a thing that you did. You know, he, he told me to get some pieces of paper and you write that scripture on that piece of paper and then what do you do? You go tape it on your door, you tape it by your bed, you tape it on the mirror. Why? So that wherever you go, you're constantly running in to that scripture. You're constantly reading that scripture. You're, con- you're constantly saying it out loud. Well, what, what was happening is I actually began to meditate on scripture. The Bible teaches us, about, uh, teaches us to meditate. In other words, to say it over and over and over, to pray it. How many of you know this? When you work the word, the word works. And at a young age, I didn't know it, but I was working the word. And I began to memorize that scripture and actually began to do what it said to do. And just like God, his promises are yes and amen. I began to experience a peace that I'd never experienced before. And the truth is, a spirit of fear and worry and anxiety broke off my life when I was 12 or 13 years old. And I began to walk in the peace that God's provided for all of his children. A scripture I want to share with you now is in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Hear me today. One word from God can change your life. One scripture out of this Bible can change your life. And today, if you're here and you are a worrier, you worry about everything, can I just tell you, that's not a Christian trait. <laughs> that's, not, that's not something that you have to deal with. That's not something that you're born with. You can actually be free from it today with this scripture. And it says this, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to title today's message Pray, Praise, Peace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these few moments that we share today. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room, we invite you into this conversation. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead and to guide us into all wisdom, into all truth. I pray for just a spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall on your people today. I pray that we do not leave the same way we walked in, especially for those who deal with worry. God, I'm praying that this revelation changes them. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Have you ever noticed that in life one thing leads to another? That if you do one thing, it leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing, and the next thing, you know, it's sort of like a domino effect. You learn in school there's cause and effect. and This is just how life sort of operates. If, you'll, if you do this, you get this result. You know, we hear this term, or we see this a lot in relationships, you hear in relationships all the time, a guy will be like, yeah, one thing led to another. I, I took her out for coffee, and we had a good time, and then I took her out for dinner, and, and she still liked me, and then she kept we, we, we dated, and then we got engaged, and we got married, and we had kids. One thing led to another. Now, that's, that's all great, but that's exactly how it didn't happen with me and my wife. There was not one thing leading to anything, because there wasn't one thing. You want to know why? I was interested. She wasn't. Go ahead, everybody look at her and say, what's the matter with you, right? I'm still, I, it's still hard for me to believe she wasn't interested. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know. I can't even find that anywhere in here. But um, it's impossible. Yeah, with God, all things are possible. Okay, anyway, <laughs> she wasn't interested. And so I did what any smart man will do when uh, the, the girl that they like isn't interested. You know what that is? Start dating somebody else. Why? Because hopefully you can make them jealous. Now, I wish I could say that I knew what I was doing at the time, but I didn't. I didn't. I was just lucky. Started dating another girl, and she got jealous. Yep. Mhm. And she, and she saw me play football, and I actually started a game and did well, and she got more interested. Yeah. Judge her right now. She dated me because of my football skills. Yep. It's true. I'm just kidding. I'm already in trouble from first service, so I'm just digging the hole right now that's how it worked. It was like, oh, she got jealous. And then now one thing led to another. Now she was interested. So dumped that girl and got with oh, a girl I really wanted to get with. And and so then we went out. Well, we didn't go out for coffee because I was a poor college student. So I took her to Brahms. Exactly. It's pretty funny, right? Like how this worked out, I don't know. Strawberry shakes, guys. Get her a strawberry shake. She's good, right? Right? Single ladies. Oh, I'm a single ladies. Oh, okay. Um, <sighs> This second service. I don't know where this is going today. (laughs) But finally, one thing led to another, and we fell in love fast and got engaged and got married, have two boys, and thinking about having another one. It's just, this this is how it works. One thing leads to another. You get the principle. And can I just tell you this today, that this principle holds true when it comes to the ways of God and the things of God? That one thing will lead to another with God. His word says, James 4, 8, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. One thing leads to another. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Notice that when you seek first the kingdom of God, everything is added. In other words, we do the one thing and God does everything. He says, bring your tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not open windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so much so that you cannot contain it all. There's example after example in scripture where when we do one thing, God does the rest. That one thing leads to another with God. And the same is true when it comes to experiencing the peace of God. Some of you might be wondering why you don't experience peace in your life. You don't know, it seems to be this far off thing that you can't grab. Well, can I just tell you today, there's one thing that leads to it and it works every single time. You see, peace is something that isn't, it's not just something that's reserved for for the real Christians. It's not something that you just accidentally get into. No, there's something that leads to it. And if you will activate this in your life, it will lead to peace. And the one thing that leads to peace is faith faith in God leads to peace in God. Faith in God leads to peace in God. Faith in God's ways leads to peace in your ways. Faith in in, in God's way of, of doing things leads to peace in your way of doing things. You see, it's when we believe God, when we believe that God is good when we believe that God is ultimately in control, when we believe that God is on our side, that he's for us and not against us, that he works all things out for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose, that God is a, is a protector and he watches over his sheep and he, and he shelters them with his wings. When we believe these things, when we believe the promises of God. What happens is we experience peace in those situations. We experience peace in our circumstances. You say, yeah, well, that, that, that sounds all good, but you know, I don't have much peace when it comes to my kids. and I don't have much, much peace when it comes to my finances. And I don't have much peace when it comes to where if I'm gonna get to my destiny, if I'm gonna be successful, if I'm ever gonna be anything, I don't have much peace in my marriage. Well, can I challenge you today? Maybe the reason you don't have any peace in that area is because you have no faith in that area. I don't mean that to be condemning or shameful. This is the love of God that he would, you know, sometimes we just we just can't figure it out. Why is there no peace? Well, here's the indicator. If you find no peace in this area, it's because there's no faith in that area. And if you don't have faith, it's one of two reasons. It's because you don't know what God says about it or you don't believe what he says about it. See, I, I know Psalms 91. I know what it, that it says that, that we rest in the shadow of the Almighty, that his faithful promises are my armor and my protection. Though a thousand fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, nothing will come near me, that the angels will lift me up so I won't even dash my foot against a stone. I know God's protection. I know what he says. So every time that I face a fearful thought or worry tries to creep in, let me tell you what I do. I don't let that worry and that fear lead me over into anxiety. No, I stop the fearful thought. I stop the worry, and and, and I put faith in God's word. I put faith in God's promise over my problem, and what happens is peace literally manifests in my life. See, peace will always manifest where faith is present. Peace will always manifest where faith is present. I can prove it to you right now. How many of you, would you, uh, of you would agree that you experience peace when you go to church? Like, everybody would almost agree, like, man, it's just it's a peaceful place, right? Well, you want to know why it's so peaceful? Because it's a room of believers. Think about that. There's a, it's a room full of people believing. It's a room full of faith. And because there's so much faith here, peace just sits in the atmosphere. Peace is here. Now, how many know the same peace that's here is not present when you're on your way to church? And you got kids in the car and you had to get ready and girls, your, your hair's still wet and I couldn't find the right heels to match my, my lips and my lipstick or I don't know what y'all have. I don't have good examples for girls but <laughs> whatever that thing is for you, there, there, weren't no, there wasn't no peace. Guys, you woke up and looked at yourself. There was no peace. You needed to shave so you didn't scare everybody else and take your fear. Every Never mind. Well, There was no peace. Oh, but when you, it seems like when you get here, it's like, oh. It usually happens about 1.7 into the, the, the second song. Like right, right, right around the, like 40% of the service, like there's the peace. Got into the second song, halfway through there's the peace. Finally, forget about everything. Forget about how how it was coming. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. When you begin to sing the promises of God, when you begin to get around people of faith, it's actually something spiritual and supernatural that happens in your midst. And because there's so much faith in the room, peace gets on you. Peace manifests in the room, in the atmosphere. We see this in the story that we've been talking about the last two weeks, and it's the story of Jesus and his disciples, and they he, they all get in the boat, and Jesus says, "We're going to the other side," and so they start going. Jesus falls asleep, and, and uh, what happens? Storm comes, wind and the waves, big old waves, water begins to crash into the boat. The disciples start to freak out, start to look at one another. They they, they literally think in the story, they think they're going to drown. They think they're going to die. So what do they do? They run over and they wake Jesus up. Jesus, wake up. We're about to drown. Don't you care that, 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 that water's getting in here? And can I just say, I don't think Jesus was really sleeping. I mean, remember he was a man. He wasn't, he was fully God, fully man. So like How many of you would be sleeping in an open boat with waters pouring in, big waves? You know what Jesus was doing? He was playing. Jesus was playing. He was playing with his disciples. He was just sitting there laying down just waiting. Be like, oh, they are so scared right now. Just wait and see what happens. And sure enough, the disciples come running. And he's like, yes, opportunity to teach them. And they wake him up. What does he do? He stands up, and the Bible says he rebukes the wind and the waves. Another way to say that is he releases his faith. He brings faith into the situation, and he says, peace, be still. And there was so much faith in him that the wind and the waves stopped. They stopped. Notice, once faith entered the situation, Peace manifested. As if to, to seal the teaching more with his disciples, as if to get it across to them even more, he goes on, Mark 4, verse 40, and he says this. He says, After the wind and the waves have stopped, he turns to his disciples and says, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Can I say it this way? Why are you not at peace? Do you still have no faith? Jesus was saying, faith will lead to your peace. Faith will lead to your peace. You know, we all, everybody in here, we we, we all have our our things. We all have the things that we worry about. We all have the things that that, that maybe we're more susceptible to uh, this fear and that worry and that anxiety. And, and can I just say, I relate. I get it. I have my own. We all, we all have those areas. But you need to hear this. It's not okay. It's not okay for you to continue to worry. It's not okay for you to live in fear. Jesus died on the cross. The finished work of Jesus provided you a place where you could literally live in peace. Peace. And when you're not living in peace and you decide to live in fear or worry, and notice I said decide. When you decide to live there, you're not living in the life that God paid for with his one and only son, Jesus. That's what's there for you. That's what's available to you. And what I find is many Christians, we, 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 we wait, we wait to, to, for the problem to be gone before we experience the peace. You can I just say that's actually not peace, that's just the absence of a problem. The problem is gone. Notice that Jesus was asleep in the storm. Well, fake sleeping in the storm. He was at peace in the middle of it. You say many of us, we, we know this word, we know what God says. But the truth is, we have to activate it if we want to experience the peace that God has for us. You have faith. You know what God promises. You know these things, they're on the inside of you. But can I just tell you this? Sometimes what we have to do is we have to walk over to faith in the boat and we got to shake our faith and get it to wake up. Just like, Jesus, just like the disciples, they walked over to Jesus and said, get up. That's the exact same thing we have to do to our own faith. Because the truth is, uh, our faith is asleep sometimes. This scripture is asleep on the inside of us. And and, and I've been in this place where I've physically done this. I'll be thinking something that I shouldn't think. I'll be worrying, and I'll just say, nope, don't do that. Sometimes I'll hit myself in the head. And that's what I want you to do. That's that's the physical thing I want you to see. Sometimes you just got to wake up. Nope. Don't think that don't do that. Don't act that way. I know you're scared right now. Oh, you better get over into a place of faith right now. Wake it up. Run over to your faith and shake it and say, get your head up off the cushion. Stand up and speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. And you begin to have the promises of God pour out of your mouth. You know, I have, I have two sons, and one of them's eight, and if you have boys, you realize this. Sometimes they don't pay attention until you smack them across the head, and I'm not talking about like a, like, I'm not talking about a hard one. It's just a little bitty one, and I, if there wasn't this thing, I would, I would come and smack you, Isaac, right now, but just to show y'all, but y'all know what I'm talking about. They just, they're just doing, tearing stuff up, and sometimes you just gotta be like, hey, quit, what are you doing, and they're like, oh yeah, what am I doing? I didn't know I was doing anything. I'm a guy and I just get lost in my nothingness. (laughs) And and, and when we do that to our kids and some of you wives do that to your husband because we never grow out of it. Sometimes we just need to, same thing. Same thing when it comes to your faith. You need to walk over, you need to, 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 to just, see, see, we get caught in this train of thought, we get caught in this worry, sometimes we don't even know we're worrying, oh, but the moment that you catch yourself, the moment that you catch your thought, the moment when you, when you figure out, oh, I'm thinking the way I'm not supposed to be thinking, that's the moment where you walk over to your faith on the inside of you and you shake it and you tell it to get up. The moment, you got to realize this, on that boat, there was zero faith. They were fearful, afraid, and worried. Yet Jesus told them, we're going to the other side of the lake. That was the promise. And it took a person of faith, namely Jesus, to change the situation. Can I just say this? Sometimes you can have so much faith that the peace on you gets on everybody else. That it gets on everyone in the boat. So much so that it can even affect a room, just like it affected the wind and the waves. And you carry so much faith, and, and because you have, you have faith, that, that, that you're literally a, a, a carrier of peace. Isn't that what the Bible says, that we carry the gospel of peace We walk into a room and things just change. We walk into a room and babies just start falling asleep. Boom, passed out. Why? There's so much peace. So much peace. I wish that would happen. Praise God. If you're that person, when we have our next one, just come on over anytime. Give me your number. Just walk into that room and make that baby shut up. (laughs) Y'all say shut up too. Don't just look up here like, he just said shut up from there. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So the question we have to ask ourselves, how do we wake up our faith? How do we wake it up? Philippians 4, here's where it ties in. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. This is how you move from fear to faith. This is how you move from worry to belief. This is how you move from anxiety to trust. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Say pray. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. It will exceed your thoughts and your feelings. In other words, it will exceed your, your mind and your heart. How do you do it? You stop worrying and you pray. You tell God what you need and you thank him for all he has done, and then you will experience God's peace. I love scripture like this because I'm a formula guy, I'm a math guy, and I like if I can do this and this and get this result, I, it's just like, man, that feeds me. It's like, man, I, it's not some abstract thing. God put this in place to say, look, wherever you're at, whatever situation you're in, no matter how fearful it is, no matter how much you're worried, you can experience peace. How? These three things. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Experience God's peace. In an equation, because I said I'm a math guy, prayer plus praise equals peace. Prayer plus praise equals equals peace. You know, I remember when I was still in the NFL and I'd I'd gotten drafted to the Rams and, um, you know, I was a late draft pick, so it didn't mean that I was automatically going to make the team. It very well could have just, you know, blown it and not made it. There was a tremendous amount of pressure. I tell people this all the time that I was more nervous every day for practice than any college game, high school game I'd ever played in more nervous for practice. And practice happened every day. So 6 a.m., the, the the alarm clock would go off, I would wake up, and I would automatically be nervous. Just worry and anxiety would, would just be in the pit of my stomach immediately, without me even thinking about it. I would go, and we would, we would learn, you know, a, a playbook about this thick this Bible, and we'd learn about 30 minutes, and then be expected to, to go out and run it, and I was lucky enough just to be able to say the play, not much less like run it and do a good job. It's like, I just wanted to remember how to say the play because they were long, like shift to halfback, twins right open, quick scat right, double stick slop. That's one play. You'd be nervous too, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. And I tried to act all cool every day, walking in the facility, trying to be confident. And on the inside, I'm just like a, a whooped puppy, you know, just freaking out. Oh man, I hope I hope I can say the play right. I hope I can run it right. I hope I do a good job. I'm only gonna get two or three plays a day, so I got to make them count. And if I make them count, then I get to make the team. And if I make the team, then I get to make a lot of money. And and so it's that's pressure, pressure. Get to do something that nobody, not a lot of people get to do. Pressure, pressure. There'd come a moment. Every single day I would do this. We'd get ready for practice. I'd hurry and I'd get ready and then I would sneak off with my phone and I'd go to a place where I could get alone. The only place I could get alone was in the bathroom stall. (laughs) So I'd go in there and I'd lock myself in there. You know what I'd pull up? I'd pull up Philippians 4. I'd just begin to read it. Keith I am going to speak to myself, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace. And I just began to do it. God, I need you. And I know this example may seem, seem trivial to, to a real circumstance, but I'm telling you, the anxiety and the worry and the fear was real. And so I just began to tell God, God, help me. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to remember that play. I'm going to run it. I'm going to use the gifts and the talents that you've given me. God, but I need you. I need you to take away this fear and this worry. And then after I brought my my thing to him, when I told God what I needed, then I stepped over into step number two, and I began to praise him. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you that I even have this opportunity. Thank you that I even have the gifts and talents. Oh, oh, if I have the gift and if I have the talent, that means, God, you brought me to this situation and you didn't bring me here to fail. You're for me and not against me. I have a, I have a future and it's bright and it's good. You didn't bring me this far to, to watch me fail, but I'm gonna succeed today. You've always been faithful. Even when I've doubted you, you've come through, God. You're going to come through today. And I begin to remind God, and more than that, I begin to remind myself of how good he is, how much he loves me, and how much he's for me. And can I tell you, the atmosphere, it, would just, it was like a light switch. It would just change. And boom, peace would just enter into that stall. Peace. Peace. My perspective would change. My outlook would change. and (laughs) This is what it was like. It was like I would get my piece, and it was just like I'd burst open the stall, and it was like, oh, stand there. I'm about to go out and whoop some tail today. I'm going to go crush it. And I walked in just crumpled over. I came out. It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. What's your situation? What's the circumstance you find yourself in? Where's the the place that you worry a lot? Can I just tell you, you can have that same thing. And it literally takes you telling God what you need, thanking Him for all He has done, and His peace will manifest in your life. It'll happen. And can I just tell you, it doesn't just happen immediately sometimes. Sometimes you just, you really got to talk yourself up. You really got to talk God up. I got convicted not not too long ago, and I tend to come here, and and, and you you know me well enough now that I can get pretty hyped up and get pretty excited and get to preaching, and and I can hype you up. And I felt like I, I did that one day, and then God said, why don't you do that to yourself? You go in there and hype them up. Why don't you ever hype yourself up? You want to know why you feel down? It's because you ain't hyping yourself up. And I'm not talking about some fake thing or some just like positive self-talk that, that Tony Robbins teaches and just have positive self-talk and, and positive thinking. Sorry, Tony, got that from the Bible, bud. That's in there. He said The Bible says, stir yourself up in your most holy faith. We have to learn to talk to ourselves and not feel weird doing it. Talk God up. When you're, when you're stuck in shame and you feel guilty and you feel condemned. Here's what you need to do. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't care what I did. I don't care what I said. I don't care what I'm going to do. I care about what Jesus did and what Jesus said, and he calls me righteous. His blood is bigger than my mistake. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm fearful for my job. I'm fearful for my marriage. Oh, what, what, what God brought together, no man can separate. God, be in my marriage. God, you are in my marriage. Bring us together. I believe in you, God. I have hope in you. Before long, you'll, like my old pastor used to say, you'll preach yourself happy. Preach yourself happy. You'll actually preach yourself over into a place of peace. What does this look like in real life? Here's what it looks like. The moment you begin to worry, you pray. Get away. Go get into your car. Heck, go to the bathroom. Go get your peace. Because Jesus says, here it is. You can have it, you can access it, and you can experience it whenever you want. Read this to you, then we'll pray. Every time you worry, pray. Your worry should trigger praise-filled prayer. Your worry should trigger praise-filled prayer. Your fear and your worry should thrust you towards God. Hear me. If the devil knows that every time he attacks you with fear and worry, that it's going to lead you closer to God, he'll stop attacking you that way. Make the enemy pay for every anxious and fearful thought that you have. When you fear and when you find yourself in worry, run to God, run to God, and he will be your help in your time of need. If you'd bow your head, close your eyes. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.